All right, 22 days. It is three weeks from tomorrow, and you are the ultimate jury. I think we're up to 40 states now where there's some some shape, manner, form of early voting that is uh, taking place. And uh, should you want to avail yourself, we have an interactive map we put together on Hannity.com that uh, try to make it as informational as possible for you. How do you register to vote? Where do you register? Uh, When does early voting start? How do you do absentee voting if you're going to be absentee this year? Uh, Who is running in your congressional district? It'd be a shame for Donald Trump to have to deal with Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, whether you have a Senate race or not. A lot of important Senate races. Colorado, Cory Gardner. Uh, We have an important race in Arizona. I like Martha McSally a lot. Joni Ernst, I like a lot. Uh, they're, they're both up, uh, Mitch McConnell's up in, in the great state of, uh, Kentucky. Uh, you got Tillis. Wow. Do you see, but we've been watching what's happening there. Disastrous press conference for his democratic opponent. Apparently had numerous affairs and it's exposed. And then he's like, Joe Biden won't answer any questions. Lindsey Graham is up. Uh, Susan Collins in Maine is, uh, up and, uh, the second congressional district. Look. Let me let me start by saying this. I want to urge all of you to avoid looking at most of the polls. Now, why would I tell you, Hannity, you don't want to face the truth. I don't know what the outcome of this election is going to be. I, I don't know. I'm being very, very blunt, very open, very honest with you, because as I always am, I didn't know in 2016 either. I just know that Donald Trump can win. If you if there if if there are enough of you that understand the stakes in this election and you show up at the polls or you do your early voting thing or your absentee voting thing, make sure you fill all your forms out properly uh, and 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 you you put the time and attention that is needed into educating yourself at just how radical and extreme this Biden-Harris ticket is, then Donald Trump will win. And he can win hands down. I can make an intellectual argument for every possible scenario and outcome here. But you've got to do your part because it takes, look, as especially, let's be blunt here, some states in one sense, every state matters, but the states that are going to matter the most are Florida, Georgia, Uh, The great state of North Carolina, Ohio always matters. Uh, Then we got Arizona matters a lot for Donald Trump for his path to 270. Uh, Nevada is definitely in play considering they pretty much have shut down that state and and are making it next to impossible for people to even work there, uh, which is sad for all the people. I haven't been out in Vegas in a while, but I love all the people that work out there. They're great people. Uh, Then you've got Iowa, which is critically important. Then you've got, obviously, now we got to get into Pennsylvania. And Joe is lying about fracking, and we'll get into that in a minute. So is Kamala. Then Michigan. Then Wisconsin. By the way, Ron Johnson will join us later in the program today. If I was in Minnesota, uh, I would be voting Trump in a heartbeat. You saw what happened there. Then add to that, okay, well, then you've got New Hampshire. Then you've got the congressional district, the second congressional district in Maine. That, that one congressional, that one electoral vote could change everything. 
But there's the the arrogance is is breathtaking. Now, the president has been cleared by his doctors. And uh, in other words, that he's met all the CDC criteria for the safe uh, uh, discontinuation of isolation. He'll be in Florida this week. He will be in Georgia this week. He's going to be in North Carolina this week. He's going to be in Des Moines this week. We'll try and keep that uh, on our website, keep you updated where the president's going to be out and about. Uh, But he met the CDC criteria. Uh, I will say this new Regeneron, every doctor that I talk to, every one of them is just like this has been a one of the biggest medical breakthroughs in history. But nobody will ever pay attention to it. And it is uh, everybody I talk to. So, look, if God forbid you, you happen to contract covid, first thing I would do is talk to your doctor. Ask your doctor what they think about it. And the ability now, I guess it's going to be mass produced. I love when the president said that every American deserves the exact same treatment that their president uh, received. And I'll give it to you, the treatment for free. It's a 20, 25 minute infusion and almost immediately begins. You're putting antibodies in your in your system and they start to manufacture and duplicate dramatically and it's it's wiping this thing out along with other drugs like remdesivir and steroidal inhalers and so on and so forth i don't want to get in i'm not a medical doctor i'm not going to play one on tv uh joe biden's trying to get out on the campaign trail and it's becoming an unmitigated mess it's not the first time but now the second time that he thinks that the leader of china who died in 1976 is still the leader of china mao zedong He's for the second time now. But the worst thing that Joe Biden is doing is he said, sir, don't. It was asked a question. Don't the voters deserve to know whether you're going to pack the Supreme Court? Biden. No, they don't. And then he couldn't remember Mitt Romney's name. And then again, he announces that he's running for the U.S. Senate. Let me listen in your own listen with your own ears. You can't make this stuff up. Sir, I've got to ask you about packing the courts. And I know that you said yesterday you aren't going to answer the question until after the election. But this is the number one thing that I've been asked about from viewers uh, in the past couple of days. Well, you've been asked by the viewers who are probably Republicans who don't want me continuing to talk about what they're doing to the court right now. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. I'm not going to play his game. He'd love me to talk about, and I've, I've already said something on, on corporate. He'd love that to be the discussion instead of what he's doing now. He's about, to, he's about to make a pick in the middle of an election, first time it's ever been done. If you may remember, I got in trouble when we were running against the senator who was a Mormon, the governor, okay? And I took him on. You know, we have to come together. That's why I'm running. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. I'm running as a proud Democrat for the Senate. But, sir, do voters have have deserved to know whether you will pack the U.S. Supreme Court? And he's lying when he says it's the first time in history that that a president in an election year, a presidential election year, has made an appointment to the Supreme Court. It's an outright lie because it's happened 29 times before where presidents have had Supreme Court openings during election years, all 29 times presidents have made appointments to the Supreme Court. 
19 of those times, the party that controlled the White House also had the majority in the U.S. Senate. Of those 29, of those 19 times, 17 of those justices were confirmed. Now, the 10 times where the party in the White House was different than the party in the majority in the Senate, only two of the 10 appointments were confirmed. Article 2, Section 2, Constitution, you can look it up. It's very clear. That's the president's sworn oath as a president, and they're doing their job. And by the way, Amy Coney Barrett has, has done a phenomenal job today, and we'll get into that later in the program. But what, what do you mean you don't have a right? The voters deserve a right to know whether you're going to pack the Supreme Court. No, they don't. Now, Democrats, have, they think that they are clever by saying, no, Donald Trump is stacking the Supreme Court. This has never happened before. They're lying. Stacking the Supreme Court would be adding justices to the Supreme Court for the first time in over 150 years. Now, some people, a friend of mine this weekend said, Hannity, you talk about it, but I don't think most people understand what you're saying. Packing the court. Okay, what it would mean is what Biden and Kamala Harris have planned. By the way, side note, in 1983... Biden called it a bonehead idea, stacking the court. Okay. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. It was totally within his right to do that. He violated no law. He was legalistically absolutely correct. But it was a bonehead idea. It was a terrible, terrible mistake to make. And it put in question for an entire decade the independence of the most significant body, including the Congress, in my view, the most significant body in this country, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. So what he's going to do, and he's right about the concept goes back to FDR, who suggested expanding the number of the Supreme Court to, from nine to 15. Uh, now, that an action would not require a constitutional amendment. Now, remember, Schumer is saying Everything is on the table. Well, that means the legislative filibuster is gone. That also means that statehood for D.C. and other places, well, they'd only pick places where they think they're going to be guaranteed to have Democratic senators. So they'd have a, a Democratic Senate majority in perpetuity. But once passed, the current president would nominate judges to fill the vacant seats. OK, now this hasn't happened in 150 years and they're threatening the basically it's like it's like a blackmail you you go forward and you do what 29 other what's happened 29 times in the past we're going to do this well why does that matter because you're talking about unelected unaccountable liberal justices activists that believe in a philosophy that they can bypass the other branches of government we're supposed to have co-equal branches of government, the legislative branch, the executive branch, the judicial branch. And now if you pack the court, well, that would mean things that they could never get done electorally. In other words, run on and win on, in the arena of ideas on things that they could never pass legislatively because they would be defeated at the ballot box. They'll get unaccountable, unelected, lifetime jurists to do to implement the most radical agenda they have. And Joe Biden is not going to answer the question. So they'll add. So think of the power grab here. 
That means pretty much anything they want done, a a liberal activist judge can then legislate from the bench, and we have no recourse at that point, none whatsoever. So with that, at that point, what do you do? So they want to grant amnesty to 11, 15 million people, whatever the number happens to be. Why do, why do they want amnesty? Because they think that means more votes for them. Why do they want additional states? Because they think they get a, a Senate majority in perpetuity. Why do they want to pack the courts? Because that adds more power to them. And why are they willing to ignore that a guy doesn't even know what office he's running for, doesn't know who the leader of China is, I mean, he, he literally, you know, that Mormon senator. What, what does that mean? How is it possible that this guy can think that he can run that arrogantly and not tell the people uh, that uh, of this country what his plans are if he got elected to be president? It ought to scare the living hell out of everybody. Now, I know some of you worried about the polls I could tell you that 13 polls in October 2016 showed Hillary Clinton with a massive lead over Donald Trump. Then I still don't know what's going to happen. I just know the stakes are high. And I think the idea that they won't tell you tells you everything you need to know. Joe Biden thinks he's running for the U.S. Senate again. Doesn't know what day of the week it is. Doesn't know what office he's running for. Super Thursday, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men and women are created equal and doubt by, oh, you know the thing, oh, 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 the thing. Come on, man. We, you, 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 you a junkie, man? Come on, man. Anyway, but I, I still can't. Sir, don't voters deserve to know whether you're going to pack the Supreme Court? No, they don't. Wow. That's pretty radical on top of everything else that they're promising and claiming and telling you that they're going to do. Unbelievable. We're going to do all of this on, on, on COVID. Yeah. You thought it was a, you you thought the travel ban was a bad idea. Yeah. That's when Donald Trump probably saved millions of people from contracting the virus. You know, what has Joe Biden ever done in 47 years? All talk. What has he ever accomplished? What has Kamala Harris ever accomplished in her career? Has anyone thought about that ever? I mean, you talk about the ultimate swamp creatures. Now, they, they, they don't think they owe you, we, the people, even an answer. 10 to 15 percent of Americans are just not very good people, according to Joe Biden. I love that. Pretty American, unbelievable. You know, one thing that's never been brought up here is the failure of Obamacare. You know, they're bringing this up all throughout the Amy Coney Barrett because there's a, a court case that is going before the Supreme Court. I think it's November 8th uh, or after the after Election Day. She's not going to tell where she's going to vote. But, but I mean, I look at their record and 13 million more Americans on food stamps, Joe, 8 million more in poverty, Joe, lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Joe, what have you done? Why, why would America give any hope of support? Why are people even telling pollsters that they like this ticket? I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding my fellow Americans. Doesn't even know what job he's running for. He's running for the Senate again, according to him. You know, I, as I watch this now come down to issues, 
And I know it's frustrating. I can I can give you the poll pack like everybody else. Thirteen polls, October 2016, showed Hillary Clinton with a massive lead over Donald Trump. Does this can you can can you guarantee that this means uh, that uh, the same thing is going to happen? You can't. You can't assume that. You got to assume that they mean it. I mean, you had the Brookings poll had Hillary up by 15. NBC, Wall Street Journal had Hillary up by 14. AP poll had Hillary up by 14. Uh, Monmouth poll had Hillary up by 12. ABC poll, Hillary up by 12. Uh, Atlantic PRRI poll had Clinton up by 11. Uh, St. Leo University poll, 11 points up Hillary. USA Today, Suffolk University poll, Hillary up by 10, Fairleigh Dickinson University, Hillary up by 10, Survey USA, Boston Globe, Hillary up by 10, CBS, Hillary up by 9, Bloomberg, Hillary up by 9, CNBC, uh, Hillary up by 9. That's what they had. I'm just telling you, I think these polls often, I, I don't know if you can accurately poll Donald Trump as a candidate. I just don't know. But I know the stakes have never been higher. And he does, I mean, it's the most breathtaking answer I've ever heard. Don't voters deserve to know whether you're going to pack the United States Supreme Court? No, they don't. Sir, I've got to ask you about packing the courts. And I know that sure. you said yesterday you aren't going to answer the question until after the election. Uh, but this is the number one thing that I've been asked about from viewers uh, in the past couple of days. Well, you've been asked by the viewers who are probably Republicans who don't want me continuing to talk about what they're doing to the court right now. Well, sir, don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't. Deserve, I'm not going to play his game. He'd love me to talk about, and I've, I've already said something on, on Corpac. He'd love that to be the discussion instead of what he's doing now. He's about, to, he's about to make a pick in the middle of an election, first time it's ever been done. No, they don't. Wow. I mean, does it, isn't he supposed to tell us what he'd like to do, the direction he'd like to take the country? You know, uh, he's not representing the voters. He's representing his radical base. This is Joe's big dilemma. He can't piss off the Bolshevik Bernie wing of the party. He can't piss off the Ocasio-Cortez radical wing of the party. He, he can't piss off his own vice presidential nominee. Unbelievable. Are you going to pack the courts, yes or no? Why, why, why would America accept him not answering that? Do you want it? Would you support ending the Electoral College? Bill Maher asked Adam Schiff. He said, yeah, he would support it. Will you do you support Chuck Schumer saying everything's on the table, ending the legislative filibuster? Do you agree with Nancy Pelosi that a president can be impeached every day of the week for any reason? And, and you know, and on the answer of why didn't you support the travel? Why did you call the travel ban 10 days after the first case of Corona? Why did you say it was hysterical xenophobia and fear-mongering? What, did you want another big payday for Hunter? Hunter's been apparently getting paydays from everybody. Russian oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, Kazakh oligarchs, Russian nationals, Chinese nationals, Ukrainian nationals, deals all over the place. Now we, And he lied when he said there wasn't a $3.5 million transfer with the First Lady of Moscow. 
It's the biggest choice election in history. And the issue of packing the courts, ending the Electoral College, getting rid of the legislative filibuster, it's all on the table. Joe, Joe lied also, as did Kamala. I'm going to eliminate the, the Trump tax cuts. Okay, that means everybody's taxes are going up. He will increase regulation, just the New Green Deal madness alone, the trillions that he's committed to that. I mean, we're going to start retrofitting every home, every building that's ever been made in this country. Nobody can afford that. Simultaneously eliminating the lifeblood of the world's economy, the energy independence we've achieved under President Trump's policies, the largest producer of energy in the world, first time in over 75 years. Why does he want open borders? Amnesty. Well, Democrats look at that as more of an opportunity to um, to to just consolidate power. Why does he want statehood for D.C. and elsewhere? Uh, why? Because that will give them the uh, odds will greatly increase of a Democratic Senate majority in perpetuity. I mean, all of this is a power grab. Why force taxpayers to pay for health care and education for illegal immigrants, which he supports? Why force government-run health care on the country? Why not believe in free markets, health care cooperatives, health care savings accounts? Why did you say police become the enemy? Why did you say you'd redirect funds away from the police? Why did Kamala say uh, that she was proud of the mayor of Los Angeles for the $150 million in cuts to the LAPD? You know, why do you promise to end energy independence? Why did you refuse to speak out against the the arson and the looting and the lawlessness and the 3000 cops that are being injured? What where are you going to get the trillions of dollars for your new green deal? What do you say to Americans uh, in terms of your plan that will drive up the price of energy? Do you plan on giving the mullahs in Iran that chant death to America another hundred and fifty million in cash, another billion in cash, another currency? Are you going to apologize for America the way Obama did? Are you going to gut and weaken our military again? Are you going to put those insane rules of engagement back in place again? Do you now uh, do you now renounce the deal, the Biden Bolshevik Bernie manifesto? Or do you stand by the hundred and ten page document you agreed to? It's unbelievable. Redirect funds from the police. You know, they care so much about racial issues, the Democrats tell us. Why isn't anyone demanding if Joe will apologize for praising segregationists and praising the former Klansman as his friend and mentor, Robert Byrd, the guy that filibustered the Civil Rights Act and was against the Voting Rights Act? Why did he partner with the former Klansman to stop the integration of public schools? Because uh, he didn't want his kids going to schools that he referred to as a racial jungle. Joe's been in the swamp 47 years, eight years as vice president. How come he didn't set record low unemployment for African-Americans and Hispanic-Americans and Asian-Americans and women in the workplace and youth unemployment and African-American youth unemployment? Why didn't Joe and Barack do criminal justice reform? Why didn't Joe and Barack do police reform after Eric Gardner ending chokeholds like Donald Trump did or after Ferguson or after Baltimore? Why didn't they do opportunity zones? Why didn't they commit as much money to historically black colleges the way Donald Trump has done? 
You know, you know, you say that good people on both sides, but the president in that very speech condemned white nationalists and hate groups. That same speech that you say motivated you to get into this race. We're going to get lectured by Joe Biden on the issue of race. My friend and my mentor. Wow. You ain't black. Poor kids are just as smart as white kids. Put you all back in chains. First sort of mainstream African-American is articulate, bright, clean and a nice looking guy. Storybook, man. Can't go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. My state's a slave state. Wow. Unbelievable. It really is. This is the most unbelievable election because we're 22 days out and he doesn't have to answer any of this. Do you know on the economy, eight years, Obama, Biden, we had a 58% increase of Americans on food stamps. 58% after eight years, 13 million more Americans on food stamps. Eight million more Americans in poverty over eight years. Lowest labor participation rate since the 70s. Almost 95 million Americans out of the labor force. By the way, disproportionately negatively impacted African-Americans 18.5% of African-Americans out of the labor uh, force under Biden-Obama. One in five American families didn't have a single member in the workforce. One in six men, 18 to 24, jail or living at home. Accumulate more debt than every other president, administration, every other administration before them combined. What's What's his economic plan? Raising taxes. Everybody's taxes, corporate taxes, individual taxes, social security taxes, capital gains taxes. What do you think people are going to do? They're going to start leaving like they left California, like they're leaving California in droves, like they're leaving New York in droves. They're going to leave. That's, people are going to vote with their feet. These are not hard questions. Nobody's asked them this. Did you mention the Logan Act in that January 5th meeting? Hillary's dirty Russian dossier happened on your watch. She violated the Espionage Act under your watch. Hillary Clinton manufactured the whole Russian narrative under your watch. And your 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 president at the time, your partner was briefed about it. Unbelievable. Not once has he spoken out about it. President takes out Soleimani, Baghdadi, ends the caliphate in Syria Takes out the Al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. What did he do? Nothing. What did we get from North Korea? We got our hostages back. We got the remains of our soldiers back. What did Donald Trump give North Korea? Time. His time. That's it. Nothing else. He didn't give them $150 billion in cash and other currency. How come you never mentioned Chicago, Joe? Barack Obama's hometown, 4,000 homicides in Chicago in the eight years you're vice president. 20,000 shootings in Chicago when you're vice president. Why did you say police become the enemy and you'll redirect funds, Joe? Why don't you stand up for the 99% of good cops that protect and serve and put their lives at risk every day? Why did you pick a vice presidential candidate to the left of Bolshevik Bernie? By the way, she believes the accusers, Joe, about you. She told you, Joe, that she was that little girl, a victim of of your and Robert Ku Klux Klan Bird's anti-integration policies. Your vice presidential candidate compared ICE to the KKK. 
She accused you of coddling the reputations of segregationists. Have you talked about it? She said she wouldn't be a member of the U.S. Senate. Kamala said this. If the men that Joe praised had their way. She called the Jussie Smollett hate crime hoax a modern day lynching. She supported the defund effort. By the way, now Joe's talking about putting Mr. Nobel, Andrew Cuomo. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a little scary. About thinking about, I think making him attorney general. God help us. Nobel. Why didn't you, you know, what, what have you done in, in 47 years in the swamp? Why won't you answer questions? Why do you hide in your basement? Why for half the month of September did you call a lid on your day? At 9, 9.30, 10 a.m. in the morning. What are you doing down in your basement? Why are you afraid to go? I guess maybe this week was pretty revealing. You don't even know what. You keep making mistakes. What office you're running for. You won't answer the questions, simple questions like, will you support packing the court? The mob's not going to ask you those questions because they hate Trump and want you elected. I've never seen institutional forces so aligned as they are today against one president. And that would be Donald Trump. You got the, the media institutional mob, the Democratic Party mob that for four years couldn't accept the results of the election. Then you've got the rhino Republican establishment mob. I mean, the only people that can save Donald Trump's reelection chances are the we, the people. It's really us versus the entire swamp, the entire sewer, and the entire establishment that hates Donald Trump so much. Why do you think they hate him so much? Because he's, he's broken all the rules and he's exposed them all as, as, as just weak and inefficient and corrupt. When are we going to learn about your son Hunter, zero experience Hunter, and his relationship with these Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals, Kazakh nationals, Chinese nationals, and these wire transfers with Russian oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs. Never mind Burisma. Why did you say that the travel ban was xenophobic and hysteria? Because, what, you wanted another billion five for Hunter, zero experience, so he, with the Bank of China and the Chinese military deals that he was doing? Anyone going to ask that question? I don't know. That's all at stake in 22 days, three weeks from tomorrow. I can't. I'm one vote. America, you get to decide here. You're the ultimate jury. Trying to give you information that nobody else will give you. I've never seen the level of corruption in the mob in the media like it is today. Never, ever. Well, I never met a candidate that wouldn't answer a basic question either. And it's just 22 days, three weeks from tomorrow. You are the ultimate jury. The stakes could not be any higher. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Uh, joining us now, former Speaker of the House, Newt Gingrich. Mr. Speaker, I know uh, you've been busy a big part of the day. I, I don't know if you heard that Joe Biden announced again that he's running for the Senate today or that he referred to the president of China as Mao Zedong, who died in 1976, and when asked the question about uh, do the voters deserve to know whether or not he's going to pack the U.S. Supreme Court, that he said, no, they don't deserve to know. Your reaction, sir? Well, let me say, first of all, that 
Calista and I couldn't help but stay glued to the television uh, to watch the introduction of uh, Amy Coney Barrett, who I thought it was one of the best moments of the entire Trump presidency. Uh, she held herself very, very well. The Republicans stayed on topic. Uh, the Democrats showed that they, frankly, fear her so much that almost none of them took her on at all. I mean, several of them didn't even mention her. So uh, I just thought it was a remarkable day. I'm not at all surprised by what Biden is doing, but I really think the big story today was the quality and the, frankly, the, the friendliness, the appearance, and then the endorsement by the former dean at Notre Dame, who talked about what an extraordinary person she was. So I, I was proud of Donald Trump at the end of today's hearing for having picked somebody who was this amazing, had this great a personal record, and uh, I think is clearly going to get through virtually unscathed, the opposite of what happened uh, just a year ago. You know, I, I, I agree with you, but, you know, Democrats are Democrats. The line now and the talking point seems to be that Donald Trump is the one that's packing the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, I've gone over the history. You know it well. Twenty nine times historically, we have had openings on the U.S. Supreme Court during presidential election year, all 29 times, even on a stabe. Kamala got that story wrong during the debate, but uh, all 29 times the presidents did their constitutional duty as they were fulfilling their oath of their office. The office doesn't end. Uh, whoever will be the new president will be sworn in on January 20th. Uh, this isn't a this isn't a job where, oh, it's an election year. You don't work this year. Look, I mean, I think this tells you sort of how the campaign is evolving, that their attack on Trump is something the average person is not going to get. You know, he shouldn't have been president. He shouldn't have appointed. He shouldn't have nominated. The Senate shouldn't do its work. On the other hand, what Biden's trying to get away with is something so obvious. Even the liberal news media, is dealing to go after him, uh, and that is uh, that, that the fact is that Biden will not answer uh, what he's going to do about packing the court. I think personally he can't answer it uh, because I think he's going to be faced with uh, just an extraordinary overbill. He says he will not pack the court, his left will rebel. If he says he will pack the court, two out of three Americans will oppose him. So, and I don't think the press is going to get off it now. I think. They have finally, for the very first time in this campaign, found an issue that they can't avoid. All right. So now with 22 days, look, it's the same thing that we saw. Now, you were steadfast in 2016. Linda was steadfast. I'm the one that wobbles. I knew that Donald Trump could win the 2016 race, and I believe he can win the 2020 race. Uh, We've got this almost identical polls that we had in October of 2016 showing Hillary Clinton up by double-digit leads almost every major poll. Uh, and we have one added factor, though, in 2020, is almost every swing state is in the process of trying to change the, the voting laws in the last 100 days leading into this campaign, which I find extremely troubling. And the courts have been brought in in many of these states to make decisions about uh, early voting, about making sure that, that ba- mail-in ballots are filled out properly, extending deadlines, et cetera. How concerned are you over 
this push to have all of the laws and rules changed at the last minute? Oh, I'm extraordinarily concerned. I think you you look at a place like Philadelphia, and you know there's going to be vote theft. I mean, it's it's just obvious. I talked to friends of mine who've now gotten two or three or four letters uh, that are supposedly, uh, you know, they're, they're voting ballots. I talked to one friend of mine who left Oregon three years ago, now lives in Dallas, Texas, and just got his ballot to vote in Oregon. So I'm absolutely convinced that there's going to be a, a substantial amount of either vote theft, miscounting, or lost ballots. I think all three of those are going to be real. And it's it's amazing to me now. But remember, the Democrat view of all this is they are in the business of winning the election, even if it means stealing it. Because in their mind, the idea that Donald Trump would get reelected is so horrible that they just can't imagine um, <clears throat> not doing everything they can, including uh, cheating, stealing, whatever. It's, a, it's an amazing process, but I, I sort of understand how they got there. So you got a weak, frail, obviously strugglingly, well, uh, uh, you have a candidate that's weak, frail, in hiding almost every other day, uh, that is struggle, struggling cognitively. It's obvious. Everybody I talk to mentions it. It doesn't hardly get mentioned in the press. Uh, a guy who even today announced that he's running for the Senate, not for the presidency, a guy that doesn't know who the leader of China currently is, and a guy that steadfastly re- refuses to answer an important question about whether or not he would pack the U.S. Supreme Court. Uh, and then you add to that Chuck Schumer's statement that everything is on the table. And I would assume that would mean adding additional states so that Democrats believing that they would be extra Senate seats for them. So they would have a Senate majority in perpetuity. Uh, and then ending the legislative filibuster and then amnesty for 11, 12, 13, 14 million people. Uh, I guess they assume that a large percentage of people that got amnesty from them would tend to vote for their party in the future. Uh, these all seem to me like the biggest power grabs ever in the history of the country on top of an agenda that I believe is equally as dangerous. Well, I have not heard that uh, Biden was back running for the Senate again. But uh, one of the reasons I think in the end that they're going to lose, and lose decisively, is if you just close your eyes and imagine a meeting with Kim Jong-un or with Vladimir Putin or with Xi Jinping, and you have two choices. Or Mao Zedong. Depending on who... Really tough guy. Huh? Oh, or he thinks actually it's Mao Zedong who's the leader of China. Yeah. So, well, he was when when Biden was very young. Uh, yeah, he only kid, died in 1976. Imagine, but what you know? Let, what, why split hairs? That's right. Well, look. The fact is that Biden already been in the Senate for four years. Uh, he was part of that was part of his early phase of being in Washington, and he probably you know. Remember finally, Mao Zedong, you have all these new foreign names. I mean, you've got this guy from Delaware, and you ask him to learn all these new names. But I just say to our audience, if you, if you ask yourself, do you really want a guy who's probably going to fall asleep halfway through the meeting? Or do you want a guy who's actually tough enough to negotiate with these dictators? And I, that's part of why I'm so confident that in the end, uh, you're going to see 
uh, Trump reelected because I just think it's it's just crazy to imagine that we would elect somebody to be commander in chief who is as clearly out of it. And as you point out, today we once again were given a, a vivid example of how really out of touch he is and how unreliable he is. I mean, he's not reading a teleprompter and he has no hope, which raises the question. If he did become president, you know that means uh, that Kamala Harris would be the, for all purposes, she'd be the real president. Uh, and he would just be a guy who uh, they, they brought out occasionally to wave at the crowd and tell him how glad he was to be in the Senate. So you've been through a campaign or two. This is your passion. You brought Republicans back into power in the House of Representatives after being in exile for 40 years. Uh, you did it through a, a program known as Renewing American Civilization and then that evolving into a contract with America. So with 22 days till Election Day itself, uh, what would be the advice you would give the Trump campaign in these, you know, in these final days, these final weeks? Well, I think it's pretty straightforward. Uh, they've got to win the core argument. Is he responsible for 200,000 dead? Or is he responsible for over 2 million Americans having their lives saved? They have to win the argument that what he did back in the spring, following the advice of Fauci and others, was in fact saving millions of American lives, and that at the time he did it, Biden, Pelosi, all of them were on the other side and were opposed to him. So I think you have to start with that. Second, you've got to draw a sharp distinction between the Trump recovery and the Biden depression. And he's got to explain to everybody why the election of Joe Biden is the equivalent of guaranteeing uh, a depression for the country, which I actually believe it is. Uh, and then third, I think just keep working on this question, are you going to stack the court or not? Because the country doesn't want it. Biden now is trapped into this environment where even liberal reporters are starting to go after him. And I think that it's, it's fascinating uh, to watch and see uh, that, that uh, you know, the, the press is finally for the very first time beginning to take on Biden and force him to answer questions. Yeah, apparently I might have misspoken on, on him and the Chinese leader. He started talking about an old expression attributed to the Chinese years ago that women hold up half the sky. Guess what? The reason no country will be able to compete for world economic prominence unless they're fully engaged women in their society the Chinese source for the quote was Chairman Mao, so I stand corrected. I don't want to. We actually make corrections on this program. So I, I think you make a good point, too, because their, their main point of argument seems to be COVID, 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 COVID. And Joe was calling the travel ban 10 days after the first identified case of COVID uh, hysterical xenophobia and fear mongering. And he said that all the way through March. And. Anything that he's ever mentioned, President Trump already has done, including now final stage of a vaccine in, in the making. Well, you have this whole thing, and you saw it a little bit today in the hearing, uh, where I thought, by the way, Lindsey Graham did a terrific job of chairing the committee. Uh, but you saw it there today, that uh, the Democrats were saying, oh, my God, look how dangerous this is. Well, they followed every rule of the Center for Disease Control. Uh, they had taken care of the room in terms of making sure it didn't have any germs in it. They had everybody sitting appropriately spaced. Uh, uh, Amy Conan Bryant actually was uh, wearing a mask the whole time. Uh, and so 
You look at that stuff. But, but they have been, they decided back in the spring that they and the news media would sell, be terrified about COVID as a major part of their defeating Trump. Uh, and of course, the fact is that uh, if, you, if you're under 70 or 75 years of age, it's not a dramatically dangerous thing. And given the new, as the president just proved, given the new medicine, given the new opportunities we have uh, to, to uh, take care of you, uh, more and more and more people are going to find oh, these, that it's a manageable disease. It's, it's, it's not a These therapeutics, problem. I mean, our medical researchers and scientists have been amazing. Uh, the, you know, it's amazing. Um, I watched, like, the president's schedule this week. He's in Florida tonight. Then he's going to be in Georgia. Then he's going to be in North Carolina. Then he's going to be in Pennsylvania. And his campaign thinks he's going to be out every single day for the next 22 days campaigning. For half of September, Joe Biden called a lit on the day at 9, 9.30, 10 a.m. What a contrast. Look, Biden is proof that you can't possibly be president if you can't show up. And the fact is, if you look at it, uh, Biden had to, you can't be a 50% president. The world operates seven days a week. And I think what Trump is doing in part is showing the country that not only has he recovered from COVID, but that he has the energy, he has the drive, uh, that he has all of the effort you need in order to be the dominant figure in a way that, uh, you know, it's very clear Biden can't compete with. Now, when this happened to Hillary, she just fell apart. I mean, towards the end of the campaign in 16, Trump was doing five, six, seven uh, rallies a day, 20,000 or more people per rally, and they were turning around and they were discovering that uh, Hillary was doing one event a night for 1,500 people. So just the sheer volume, because when you go to a Trump rally, as you know, because you've seen it, um, everybody there brings their uh, phone. They all take pictures. They then send their pictures to all of their friends. Good point. So if you have 20,000 people in the room, you got at least 400,000-plus pictures going out. We're going to keep uh, in touch with Newt Gingrich. More on Amy Coney Barrett next. Thank you, Mr. Speaker. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. A big part of the Democrats' strategy today has been she wants to get rid of Obamacare. I don't think these Democrats quite understand, and, and I, it's maybe it's a little inexplicable, that Obamacare is not that popular. Millions of Americans lost their plans. Millions lost their doctors. Uh, on average, we're paying 200% more. The talking point was, oh, the average family is going to save over $2,500 a year per family per year. No, that never happened. We're paying 200% more on average. And almost 40% of this country, there's only one Biden-Obamacare exchange option. That's it. Take it or leave it. The only thing the president was able to get rid of, which was important, was the individual mandate. Uh, there's, a, there's a case scheduled to come before the U.S. Supreme Court after the election. Uh, but just listen. So I, I think they obviously are more fearful because of what they did to Amy Coney Barrett the last time and attack her deeply held religious faith and religious views. That's not going to stop some of them. 
Um, so they tried it. It was obvious that it was a Democratic talking point. Listen, listen in from earlier today. We can't afford to go back to those days when Americans could be denied coverage or charged exorbitant amounts. That's what's at stake for many of us for America with this nomination. My Republican colleagues here and in the House have voted over and over and over to repeal the Affordable Care Act since it was passed a decade ago. But thankfully for the people of our nation and my state, they too have been unsuccessful. And yet today, to make good on this promise to achieve what they could not accomplish through the democratic process, they're looking to the courts, in fact, to the court. They're looking to this nominee. The Trump administration is urging the court to strike down the entire Affordable Care Act, including protections for tens of millions of Americans with pre-existing conditions. Since Justice Ginsburg's passing, they're scared, Judge Barrett. They're scared that your confirmation would rip from them the very health care protections the millions of Americans have fought to maintain and which Congress has repeatedly rejected eliminate. They're scared that the clock will be turned back to a time when women had no right to control their own bodies and when it was acceptable to discriminate against women in the workplace. The big secretive influences behind this unseemly rush see this nominee as a judicial torpedo they are firing at the ACA. So I hope Republicans consider what's at stake for the many people who depend right now in this pandemic on ACA health coverage. And this president is trying to put her in a position of power to make decisions about your lives. The Affordable Care Act protects you from getting kicked off of your insurance. That's on the line. The president has been trying to get rid of Obamacare since he got in power. They get that with one stroke of a pen, one judge can decide if millions of Americans, including their family, would lose their insurance. Your nomination is about the Republican goal of repealing the Affordable Care Act. The Obamacare, they seem to detest so much. President Trump has been very clear about what he's doing. He's repeatedly promised to appoint Supreme Court justices who will strike down the ACA. And by nominating Judge Barrett, the president is keeping his promise. A clear majority of Americans want whomever wins this election to fill this seat. And my Republican colleagues know that. Yet, they are deliberately defying the will of the people in their attempt to roll back the rights and protections provided under the Affordable Care Act. Why won't they honor, by the way, Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg's and her admonition and her warning against court packing? Not even going to answer. Uh, do American people deserve a right? No, they don't. Uh, let's see. So far today, Biden forgot which state he was in. He tweeted that he was in Pennsylvania when he was in Ohio. Forgot Mitt Romney's name. Instead, he referred to him as a, that, a Mormon. He forgot which office he's running for. He thinks he's running for the Senate. Not a good day. Sorry about the mal mistake earlier. Uh, anyway, here to weigh in on the proceedings today, Jay Christian Adams, president, public interest, legal foundation, editor of PJ Media, Jordan Seculo, executive director of the ACLJ, and he co-hosts with his dad, the Jay Seculo Live Show, uh, also best-selling book, The New Red Wave. Uh, uh, overall, Jordan, your take on the events today, uh, they seem to back off the religious 
arguments yeah. that they made the last time because of all of the, well, flack that they took, especially Diane Feinstein? I think that they realize the reason why Judge Barrett is sitting there today is, one, she's extremely well qualified, uh, but two, during her confirmation hearings to the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals, uh, they made her a star amongst conservatives, and she really caught the attention of, of those who pay close attention to judicial nominations, the, the White House Counsel's Office, and, and, and who are always ready in case a vacancy comes up. And uh, this was someone, again, who went from again, uh, being a professor to going into that hearing uh, with a great judicial philosophy, by the way, and a, a long record of, of writings and history. But then when Diane Feinstein did that to her, it awoke a whole group of people who said, well, what about the dogma in me? I mean, I have dogma, too. I, I have a, a religious belief, and, and that's fine. And, you know, Ben Sass went through that and said, you know, if you actually look at a lot of our beliefs, I mean, the idea of being in, like, this Christian community that you wanted to make fun of her being in, uh, what about believing that people, someone raised from the dead uh, and, uh, and uh, provides salvation and all these different issues? I think, you know, he set that stage, but that was all started by Diane Feinstein going after taking her, making her religion central. So instead today they shifted to, and I agree with you, Sean, the affordable care scare tactic, which, one, the president has been clear. He wants to keep everybody with pre-existing conditions covered at no cost. He doesn't want them to be denied coverage. Uh, he wants to be able to keep the, the, the older kids who need to be on their parents' coverage. And he just wants to do it better. And he hasn't been able to get that through a divided uh, House and Senate. Uh, but he has, and he did make a promise to the American people that so long as uh, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, was the law of the land, he would run it as best as possible. He said it's been very hard to do. And, uh, and so maybe that's why the Democrats think they could, they could even try to use this politically, because he's tried to fix it as much as possible by getting rid of the individual mandate and putting his business skills into trying to fix something that is really unfixable long-term, but at least better for the people in the short term. And the president again, has been clear. The, the, this is all part of the, the every two, every four-year scare tactics. Republicans yep. are racist, sexist, misogynist, homophobic, xenophobic, Islamophobic, want dirty air and water, want grandma and grandpa to eat dog food and cat food, and then the prominent Republican of the day will take granny in a wheelchair and throw her off a cliff, and uh, there'll be no health care for anybody, which is just a lie. Uh, I don't know how many more times the president and the Republicans have to say they will protect pre-existing conditions, but the reality is most Americans do understand the massive failure and the promises that were made with Obamacare. Not one of them was ever kept. Uh, Jay Christian Adams. Well, it also took away people's religious liberty. I mean, don't forget what what Catholics and other uh, people of faith have gone through with Obamacare. And that's what makes Barrett's nomination so important. It ties together those two strains. You have a committed Catholic. You talk about phobia. The Democrats, the Democrats on the Senate last time she was before them looked like Catholic phobias, Christian phobias. And, and you know, they, they clearly have hostility toward Catholic faith. That's clear, and they aren't going to be able to help themselves, Sean. They might have been well-behaved today, but you give them time because it's like, a, it's like a rabid dog. They can't restrain themselves when it comes to people of faith, when it comes to Christian and Catholic beliefs. They're going to show themselves and their fangs before long. Barrett was classy. She was smart. She was measured. She said the courts 
don't solve people's problems. And too often we forget that, that it's legislatures who are supposed to be enacting policy. She's going to be a star. Uh, I don't I see many John, obstacles here. What were you saying, Jordan? Go you've ahead. People, you've got people like Blumenthal. I think, I think, you know, we're right here today. They were more polite. Judge Barrett was excellent. I loved her explanation of the role of the judge uh, and, and how judges and the courts are the, kind of the place. Of, we always tell our uh, clients and our audience that the courts are the place of the last resort. It's the last place you want to be because it means it's the only place that can save you from the, the wrong that you feel uh, and, and make it make it right. But that's the last place. The Supreme Court is the absolutely last place. But Blumenthal already gave the an example of what we were just talking about. They may have been able to play pretty nice today, but he called her an extremist ideological judge and then called her an activist judge, which is almost laughable to call an originalist textualist an activist judge. But I think when you, when you hear extremist ideological don't worry. It's coming, Sean, and it'll be coming in the questioning tomorrow and Wednesday, and that's when it's going to get heated and nasty. And I think Judge Barrett... I don't, I don't think do they can help the themselves. Democrats are just going to be digging a hole. What do you think? Why are they now claiming that this is court packing when it doesn't even meet the definition of court packing? And all 29 times there's been a vacancy on the Supreme Court during uh, presidential election years. Every president has made a nomination. Uh, Jay Christian Adams. Well, that's because the Democrats live in an Orwellian world where up is down and, 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 and right is wrong. And so they call it court packing when the president exercises his constitutional authority to fill a vacancy. It's there in the Constitution. But, Sean, you know they're not big fans of the Constitution. They're, they're fans of getting rid of it. So it, to them, this is court packing because someone might get on the court that isn't a radical zealot uh, like some of their judicial nominees under Obama. That's court packing whenever somebody intrudes into their special province of the judiciary where they've been transforming the country for the last 30 years. And so whenever somebody like Barrett is nominated into their own little sandbox that they've controlled, they call that court packing because they think, they think anything that isn't what they want is, is court packing. Uh, yeah, I, I, what they're saying... When you think of this this quest for power or the threat Jordan Seculo, not only they'll end the legislative filibuster, they're at, they will add Supreme Court justices for the first time in 150 years. Then they'll have D.C. statehood and other statehood so they have uh, better odds of of having a Senate majority in perpetuity. Um, and everything else that they're planning is an amnesty for illegal immigrants. It seems like the biggest push for a power grab by status ever in history. I agree. It would actually destroy the court. You know, when the court was expanded, those are measured expansions. They realized six justice court, this is not going to work out great because you get these split decisions and then the lower courts end up, uh, whatever the lower court held. So if it was a case that made it to the Supreme court, you should be able to get a, at least a 5-4 decision, and a decision out of the court that stands for the nation. And uh, so they did that. And so it was measured to do it. Congress was measured. It made sense. But, you know, Joe Biden called it boneheaded to try and uh, pack the court. He said, and of course, you can change the laws. That's fine. He said all that. But he called it boneheaded. And I call it dangerous, 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 because then the court would become another legislative branch. And so whatever accomplishments Republicans might make when they're in the majority in the House and the Senate and the White House could be undone 
by this new uh, legislative branch that we still call, I guess, uh, a, a, a Supreme Court or judicial branch, but really is, in fact, just another way to legislate. All right, I got to let it go there. Thank you both, Jordan. Thank you. And Jay Christian Adams, thank you. 800 941 Sean, toll free telephone number. All right, news roundup and uh, information overload hour. 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program. And it is three weeks from tomorrow, and you are the ultimate jury, although. Uh, early voting has started now, I guess, in, in nearly 40 states. And for all the voting information you'd, you'd ever want, how to register early voting, when does it start, when does it stop, absentee voting, who is your congressional candidate, is there a Senate race? It's all up on uh, Hannity.com and our electoral map. A lot of huge news as it relates to the deep state. And also Hunter Biden and now the the depth that we had not known before that goes way beyond Burisma and Ukraine uh, that includes Russian oligarchs, Ukrainian oligarchs, Kazakh oligarchs, transfer, wire transfers or payments, uh, Chinese nationals, Russian nationals, Ukrainian nationals. And the amount of money is breathtaking. Uh, But we also have. Uh, it started, I guess, last week, Rick Grinnell um, and also Ratcliffe uh, now releasing new documents as it relates to uh, the whole Russia hoax. And not the least of which is this new development that the former CIA director Brennan actually briefed Barack Obama that the whole Russia Trump narrative was made up by Hillary Clinton to distract from her violation of the Espionage Act and her email server. Now, one interesting side note on that is Secretary of State Pompeo says that the State Department will release those Clinton emails. I guess the ones that we thought were deleted and the hard drives were cleaned with bleach bit and the and the missing SIM cards and the devices destroyed by hammers. But we had the DNI, Director of National Intelligence Ratcliffe, releasing a, a CIA memo that Comey claimed to have no memory of receiving and this was October sixth uh, of twenty sixteen. This is before he find the signed the first FISA application, and it was a uh, three page referral by Ratcliffe that literally Congress had partly redacted, but apprised Comey and then Peter Strzok with intelligence suggesting that the DNC pres- the Democratic presidential candidate had approved this plan concerning a Trump campaign and a Russian alleged hack of the DNC. In other words, that it was all made up. And the president also over the weekend uh, saying that he expects a release of of breathtaking Russia probe documents, that they've got the goods, that this this whole thing was a scheme and a conspiracy from the beginning. Uh, Somebody that's been following all of this very, very closely is Wisconsin Senator Ron Johnson, all aspects of this. And Senator Johnson is the chairman of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, Governmental Affairs Committee, and they've worked in this new information as it relates to Hunter Biden. But let's first go to your piece in the Wall Street Journal. Senator, welcome back to the program. You start out by saying the U.S. is in a constitutional crisis. It began the day that President Trump was elected when unelected bureaucrats mobilized against his presidency. Uh, is this as bad as I've been trying to claim it is for the last three plus years, the biggest abuse of power, corruption scandal in history? I think it is, and you've been doing an excellent job reporting on this. But th- this isn't a constitutional crisis between branches, is where you normally would expect 
one to occur. This is within the executive branch. And, and this is, you know, you mentioned the Hillary Clinton email scandal. I've been investigating the corruption of the Obama administration since literally March of 2015 when that all went public, when we found out that she was using this private server. And if, if, if Secretary Pompeo has emails, not, maybe not all of them, even some of them, Sean, we should have had those years ago. That should have come out certainly in the FBI's mid-year exam uh, investigation. But it should have come out with all of our uh, congressional oversight, all the letters we've written, the subpoena now that I've had to issue to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, which, by the way, they did not honor on August 20th. We gave them two extensions, and they're still not honoring. We, 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 had, we literally had 300 pages of Andrew McCabe's text messages, but they would only make them available in the reading room. These are deep, they're, they're unclassified. There's nothing classified about this. They finally produced them to the committee, as they should have done. We got 24 pages, 8% of what's in the reading room right now. And, of course, that's very restrictive. I only got one person with clearance to go see it. It makes it very burdensome to uncover this. So what we have seen, and this gets back to my op-ed, we have seen slow walking. We have seen people hiding the ball. We have seen people resisting getting the American public the information of the corruption that occurred during the transition and in the early days. And I think it continues. These people know but, what they did. But, they know but what we're now understanding is that James Comey received a memo saying that Hillary Clinton concocted the whole thing from the beginning. Now, we also know prior to the first FISA application, and all four of them, the the bulk of information was this dirty, phony Russian misinformation dossier that Hillary paid for, and which they knew in January of 2017 uh, was the information came from a, 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 a Russian operative uh, who said it was bar talk, but a known Russian operative for over a decade by the FBI, but yet they continued to use that fo- false information, never verified or verifiable, as the means to spy on Donald Trump, first candidate, then transition team, deep into his presidency. That's what's so outrageous about this. The FBI knew full well the Steele dossier was paid by Hillary Clinton. There was a campaign document. Now we know they knew that apparently uh, Hillary Clinton signed off on the plan to spin up the scandal tying Donald Trump to the release of those DNC emails. But they knew that the main subsource, they had investigated him as a Russian agent back in 2009. They, they, had, they interviewed him about the bar talk. They knew all this in January 2017, and yet the investigation continued, blew up into a special counsel investigation, costing tens of millions of dollars and putting this nation through this political upheaval. They've known all of this. What else can you call that other than an attempted... How is it possible Durham has not... All that we've known now for a long time, and as you point out, these, these documents have been available for years and they've not been released. Now, here we are, just 22 days out of the 2020 election, and we still don't know the, the, the depth of corruption from the 2016 election. How is that even possible? Because Attorney General Barr and John Durham's objectives is different than what congressional investigation is about. They're all about gaining convictions, and they don't want to do anything to harm a conviction. And that's releasing information before they've interviewed people and really built the case. Can we do these investigations into political wrongdoing completely backwards. It should start with congressional investigations, and we should have access to all the information. But what happens instead is because we have these investigations for prosecution, they get to hide the ball. They, they, they get to keep the information, and it's never given to the Congress, whose job is to do oversight to, first of all, inform public policy, 
but also to inform the public. So here we are, almost four years later, all this wrongdoing. People know, people know what happened. People have these documents, but Congress doesn't have them. And as a result, the American people continue to be in the dark. So I get, listen, I, I think Attorney General Barr is a person of integrity. I don't know John Durham. That's everything we hear about him. But they have different goals. It's about convictions versus my goal of making the American public aware of the corruption and the wrongdoing. And that's why I'm calling on Attorney General Barr and even John Durham. This has got to be the higher priority. The American people have to know what happened before they go to the polls. It doesn't seem like that's going to happen. Um, you also put out an interim report along with Senator Charles Grassley as it relates to Hunter Biden. And it looks like, you know, I could never understand. We, the country was dragged through a phony impeachment over a phone call with only one fact witness. And uh, the rest of the witnesses were opinion witnesses or hearsay witnesses, not admissible under the federal rules of admissible evidence. Um, and yet we have Joe Biden on tape saying you're not getting one billion taxpayer dollars unless you fire this prosecutor who's investigating my son who goes on GMA and admits he has no experience in energy, gas, oil uh, or Ukraine. And then we discover that he made a one point five billion dollar deal with the Bank of China. Seemingly no experience there. And your report then chronicles it went a lot deeper. Uh, with a $3.5 million payment with the, the First Lady of Moscow, if I recall, uh, and, and all these wire transfers with Russian oligarchs and Russian nationals, Ukrainian oligarchs and nationals, and shopping sprees courtesy of Chinese nationals. Did that all happen, sir? Yeah, and Sean, this is further evidence of the corruption of our news media. Because they look at that collectively and say, well, he's not proving any illegality. That's not our job. Our job is to inform the public. There is so much more information, so many troubling pieces of information about these connections with, between Hunter Biden and his businesses with, again, the, the, the wife of the former mayor of, of, of Moscow, with Chinese nationals that have connections to the Communist Party of China and the People's Liberation Army. By the way, Joe yes. Biden denied that that was true during the debate. Did he lie? Yes, he's lied repeatedly. You, you don't think he ever talked? He never talked to his son about his overseas businesses? Give me a break. Our report proves he lied because he talked to Amos Hochstein, who then talked to Hunter Biden to set up a, a meeting. I mean, he obviously talked to his son about his overseas dealings. He's lied repeatedly. That's what Democrats do. They will lie. They won't tell you exactly what they want to do. But again, the press, the press is corrupt because they got all these leaks about all the false information of the Russian hoax. Why aren't they telling about who these sources were that gave them false information? They were either duped, but I believe they were complicit in this false narrative. They ought to come clean as well. Somebody ought to investigate the press. So we have an election in 22 days, and if Donald Trump for some reason doesn't win this election, I would argue probably all of this goes away, and all of this corruption, all of this law-breaking goes away with it. Am I wrong? That's my concern that we'll never get to the bottom of this. This will be buried for all time. Now, you know, the president, I think, is absolutely dedicated in, in trying to declassify this, but he still has people in these agencies that are just slow-walking it, saying, well, you know, we'll get it declassified, but we've got to... Well, who, well, who specifically is slow-walking it? I, would, I, I don't see any urgency from FBI Director Ray, and I would think that he'd want to clear up or clean up the reputation of the world's premier law enforcement agency. So far, I've seen no, no desire on his part to do that. Yeah, we've subpoenaed him. He's had two extensions. I've, I've shown on TV where 
we get one email from GSA, the whole thing you can read. We get the same email from the FBI. It's completely redacted. Chuck Grassley and I can't get Gina Haspel on the phone. She won't even talk to us. And we have all, all kinds of oversight requests for what the intelligence committee provides to the FBI on the crossfire hurricane operation. So this continues to be slow walk. Um, again, I, I, I feel so sorry for President Trump, who the second week in office, he had conversations between world leaders leaked to the press. Who can the president trust? I can't tell you. I, I can't tell you. That's got to be an awful position for the American president to be in, not knowing who he can trust in the agencies that he's supposed to be in control of. I'd be negligent having you on the phone and not asking you um, about, well, I'll tell you what, I'll take a break here. I want to ask you about the state of Wisconsin, your state, obviously, because I think it's uh, so crucial to this election, along with, well, every state's crucial, right? Uh, Florida's crucial, Georgia, North Carolina, the Buckeye State, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Arizona, New, uh, Nevada, uh, New Hampshire, the Congressional District Number 2 in Maine, all crucial. Uh, we'll get your take on the state of Wisconsin just 22 days out of this uh, presidential election. All right, our final moments, Ron Johnson, senator from the great state of Wisconsin, who's been doing a phenomenal job trying to bring us the truth, not only about Hunter, Burisma, the Bidens, but also the biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in history, and he's making a lot of progress. All right, so 22 days out of the election, and your state is critical. It is crucial. Uh, it seems like the, the polls give a slight advantage to Biden. How do you read your state? Is it, uh, a, a, is it a state that Donald Trump can surprise the world and win again? I think you really can. We've got a very strong ground game. The Trump campaign has been working great with the Republican Party, Wisconsin. The county sheriffs I talked to says you know, the enthusiasm for, for President Trump is through the roof. Fortunately, the Seventh Circuit stepped in. We had an activist judge who said, oh, but we don't care really what the law says. You'll be able to continue to count ballots even if they come in six days late. Our law is very, quite, very clear. You have to get your ballot in by election day in order for it to be counted. The Seventh Circuit overturned that judicial activist and said, no. You've got to be a responsible voter. Get your, vote, your ballot in in time. It's got to be in by Election Day so it can be counted. So hopefully we won't have further judicial activism. Our absentee ballots will hopefully be counted with integrity. And, again, all I can tell you is among Trump supporters, the enthusiasm is through the roof. How do you feel? Is there a lot of support for Biden on the ground in Wisconsin? Well, you know, they just, they're just running a virtual campaign, very similar to his uh, national campaign. Like, they're, they're using social media. They're, they're calling people, but... You know, we actually have people walking, talking to their neighbors, knocking on doors, a real type of campaign, whereas, again, Joe Biden, kind of like Hillary Clinton, just kind of took Wisconsin for granted. Hopefully it'll come back and bite him. All right. Uh, thank you, Senator Ron Johnson, for all you do. And we will get to the bottom of it. I'm never going to stop. Uh, I don't care what anybody wants. Uh, hopefully Director Ray might get the urgency we need, and Durham will finish his job. Uh, thank you, Senator. 800-941-SEAN, toll-free uh, telephone number. We'll get to your calls. Final half hour next on The Sean Hannity Show. President Roosevelt clearly had the right to send to the United States Senate and the United States Congress a proposal to pack the court. After 47 years in the swamp. It was totally within his right to do that. Old Joe knows a thing or two about bad ideas. It was a bonehead idea. 
Clarify your position, Joe. What are the consequences of packing the Supreme Court? And what will you do to safeguard the 150-year history of having nine justices? Sir, don't the voters deserve to know? It's a simple question, Joe. Sir, don't the voters deserve to know? Come on, Joe. Don't the voters deserve to know? Answer it. Don't the voters deserve to know? No, they don't deserve I'm not going to play his game. Not a game, Joe. You want to man up and face the question? Call right now. 800-941-SEAN. And you'll go right on the air. Because American voters deserve an answer, don't they? No, they don't. This is The Sean Hannity Show. Yeah, and you deserve to know. 22 days, you are the ultimate jury. Best election coverage available on your radio dial. Pretty powerful arguments made by Ron Johnson. I got to tell you, there's a few people that have, they've just been unrelenting, and thank God they have. Um, I'm watching all of this unfold. I really am, and I'm like, I cannot believe the arrogance, breathtaking arrogance of Joe Biden. You don't have a right to know where he stands on court packing. And I know the, the talking point today among the Democrats has been Republicans are packing the court. Republicans aren't packing the court. Packing the court is when you add additional justices. And whether they like history or don't like history, the facts are the facts and they can't change them. And that is that 29 times presidents have had Supreme Court openings during election years and all 29 times, even Honest Abe made appointments to the U.S. Supreme Court. 19 times when the party that controlled the White House also had a majority of control in the Senate. 17 of those 19 justices were confirmed. The 10 times in which the party in the White House was different than the party in the majority in the Senate. Well, only two of 10 appointments were confirmed. Article 2, Section 2 of our Constitution is clear. And that is the duty of any sworn president. And the president kept his promise. But now we're not going to tell you if we're going to pack the courts. We're 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 lying and hiding about our new green deal. Uh, We're not going to tell you. But everything's on the table about ending the legislative filibuster. They're also talking about packing the U.S. Senate and trying to make places like D.C. and elsewhere uh, states where they think they're guaranteed Democratic senators and a Senate majority in perpetuity. That's also on the ballot. Even Adam Schiff, you know, saying this weekend, sure, I'm, I'm in favor of, a, of ending the Electoral College. So we're going to let New York, Oregon, Washington, Illinois, New Jersey, and New York decide every presidential election from here, here moving forward? I don't think the rest of the country is going to like this. We're going to, what, add states that will pick Democratic senators? Uh, I don't think they're going to like that either. I think, you know, I, I somebody said to me this weekend, Hannity, you're not explaining in more detail what court packing is. And I'm like, really? I, I, maybe I'm making an assumption that I, I shouldn't make. But what it would mean is 150 years of having nine U.S. Supreme Court justices would be eliminated so that they could put judicial activists, liberal justices that believe in legislating from the bench through executive fiat, non-elected, non-accountable to we, the voters, lifetime positions so that the, de- the Democrats would then use the court system and they would do their typical court shopping and they would get controversial cases before the court 
And then they know that the the liberal activist justices that agree with their philosophy, which is not even constitutional, will do what they could never get done at the ballot box, what they could never accomplish legislatively. It is the biggest power grab ever in the history of the country. But they won't tell you. You don't have a right to know. Wow. I thought candidates ran on on the things that they're going to promise people they'll do and and then after they make the promises, they fulfill the promises. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. Uh, all right, Diane, Pennsylvania. Diane, 22 days. Although I did read an article that we may have to wait longer to get election results in Pennsylvania, which is a little scary. But that's what they're talking about at this late hour. Uh, there was a story at Red State today that, Uh, Apparently, there was a mail-in ballot screw-up, not the first, by the way, this election cycle in Pennsylvania, that could delay the final cope by uh, counting by hours. Westmoreland County, Pennsylvania, a county that Donald Trump won by over 30 points in 2016, quote, had a snafu in the distribution of ballots, which was supposed to be sent out this week to voters, and they never arrived. This is, what, the third six-figure voter mistake in Pennsylvania alone. Wow. Anyway, glad you yeah. called. Thanks for being with us, Diane. Hello. Hi. How Thank you? you very much for taking my call, Sean. Yes, in the state of Pennsylvania, it's all about mistakes and snafus, as you know. Very light. But um, we know Joe Biden will not last as president should, God forbid, he wins. And we know that Kamala Harris will take over, and they probably picked her because she's got the perfect personality for dictatorship. But I don't believe she would be the one ruling either. So there's somebody else uh, or another entity or a cabal of entities that plan on running the country. The second thing is, is we know they're planning on trying to rig, you know, they're trying to rig it. We know what they're trying to do. We know they threaten violence. And they make threats about seceding and secession and a lot of different things that they're doing. And, and the other thing is, is their, the mail-in issue, which you were just talking about. Trying to get the country into a universal mail-in situation where nobody knows if their ballots are counted, if they're going to show up in a ditch, if they're going to get burned or found in a truck later, or, or if people that are voting, you know, that are dead or animals and all of that. Anyway, it's, I've got this. It's kind of an I, irony, I isn't it, that all the trash ballots that they found in Pennsylvania, every one of them was a Trump vote. Every one. There wasn't a single Biden vote in the group. Not one. Exactly. Unbe- and, and the other thing that comes to my mind, and I'm sorry, but the, the thing that really sticks out in my mind here is the fact that we all talk about it like it's business as usual with elections in the United States. It's like we talk about the election. It's coming up in three weeks. And, and there's nothing normal about this. And I keep feeling like I should organize a, a, a 10-million-man march against Washington and, and stop the election until things can get settled down a little bit. It's just so crazy. Well, what do you think? I mean, th- 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 this is now what we're up against in 22 days. I mean, all these lawsuits, all these last-minute changes to election laws, you know, all these admonitions that, well, it may take us weeks to count the ballots. Um, uh, it, it is it is just it, it is it is laying the foundation for an unmitigated disaster, a tangled web. And you're never going to ever 
be able to untangle the mess that they're potentially creating here, which, is, again, it, for me and, and the way I translate this in my mind, it should create even more urgency. Don't, you know, this election matters. Their stated principles here, what they say they're going to do matters. They're going to pack the courts, believe them. They're going to end the legislative filibuster. There's going to be added states to the United States so they can have a Senate majority in perpetuity. I would not be surprised at efforts to end the Electoral College. Uh, I think you'll see, you know, with their new Green Deal, higher taxes, environmental radicalism, an elimination of, of all fossil fuels, the ending of fracking, which they're lying about to the people of Pennsylvania, Joe's now on record at enough times saying it. And then it, it, add everything in between. Amnesty. Why? Why do they want amnesty so bad? Because they're thinking, oh, that might be more potential votes for us that way, too. This this is all a, every single plan is part of a power grab. How are we going to pay for it? Well, they don't answer that question. Uh, anyway, Diane, 22 days. Thank you. Tom is in Florida. Boy, we need Florida in 22 days also. How are you, Tom? Glad you called, sir. Very good, Sean. Sean, I'm a Blue Cross health agent in Florida. I listened to Senator Graham's hearings on the Supreme Court. The Democrats are completely ignorant of the fact that everyone with pre-existing conditions on the Affordable Care Act, if it is taken down, they have credible coverage. Credible coverage means you cannot be declined rider uh, pre-existing conditions. You can't be rated up. They just have to replace the insurance within 60 days, okay? This is common in the insurance industry. The president so has said it more often, and, and as any part of any effort, either a combination of health care cooperatives, health care savings accounts, in other words, real ways for people to reduce their health care costs. For example, if you're 28 years old, you're off your parents' plan, what are the odds that you're going to want a really expensive and extensive plan for health insurance? You can get a catastrophic plan with as high a deductible as possible, and then it really becomes an insurance policy if, God forbid, you get cancer, if, God forbid, you have a bad accident, if, God forbid, at a young age you had a heart attack, which is not very likely. That's what, that's what insurance is for. Now, you couple that with, say, a healthcare cooperative, like Josh Umber's group in Wichita, you're paying 50 bucks a month. You get your annual physical. And if you, have, you, know, you need stitches, you need to you know, break a bone or something, you, they'll take care of you. As long as it's not severe, you don't have to kick in your catastrophic plan. Every American would save real money and have concierge care at that point. There's so many better alternatives out there than top-down government-run anything, right? Absolutely. Senator Graham needs to know that credible coverage is available to everyone that has insurance. The Dems were arguing against this nominee because of taking away health insurance. That's a myth, and it's important that Senator Graham know that in the next two days of his hearings, because that's all the Dems are arguing on. Somebody has pre-existing, they won't be able to get insurance. It's a very sad story. It's not. Yeah, well, you know, the bottom line is the president's been very clear about Medicare. He's not cutting Medicare. The president's been very clear about pre-existing conditions. He's not supporting those. But there are free market solutions. And, you know, I was watching the same hearings you were as well, and that seems to be their major talking point, that and Amy Coney Barrett's religion. 
um, and this myth that she's going to eliminate Roe v. Wade, she, she very rightly is saying, I am not going to tell you how I'm going to vote because I have to look at the very specific constitutional issues before me. But here is my judicial philosophy that it's not my role as part of the judiciary to write laws or to make law. That my job is to interpret the constitutionality of the laws that are passed in the legislative branch and signed into law by by the executive branch and not ruled by executive fiat, which again then brings us to the danger of court packing. Anyway, good call. Appreciate it, Tom. Real quick, Doug in California. Hey, Doug, how are you? Glad you called. Oh, thank you so much, Sean. Uh, I love your show. I'm actually an original New Yorker. I've um, been watching you for years. And I, I was inspired. You're welcome. And I was inspired last week by a caller. Uh, she was from the gay and lesbian community. I am a gay man, and I live out now in West Hollywood. I came out here five years ago for just a health reason. And I cannot believe the amount of ostracized, you know, how we are ostracized by, you know, for liking Trump, for even, you know, I have to be in, in really go back into the closet just for, you know, even speaking the word Trump. And it's become such. By the way, that, that's a lot of people, African Americans that speak out in favor of Donald Trump. The names that they're called by the left are, are beyond vicious. Exactly. I mean, it's and unbelievable. Just, you know, you can't even be honest with know. your friends. Yeah, the callers have to know not all gay people. I, it's, I feel like you know, my not you know, certain groups of people that they they just think you have to be. It's not the truth. I have so many friends who are voting for Trump, and they, I tell them, you can't come out on Facebook. They, I, I know friends who have been ostracized. Um, we went to the Beverly Hills rally the other day on Saturday. Sean, it was spectacular. There, first of all, it was the largest crowd they've had since they started about two months ago. And there were more minority groups. I have never seen something like it. I didn't think it existed in West Hollywood. I feel like I'm living, I, you know, I tell my family on the East, you know, I don't even. I thought New York was bad when I lived in Manhattan. I said out here they are so delusional. Oh my gosh! I mean, it was actually Bill Maher. I got to run, but Bill Maher asked a great question this weekend about why is everyone leaving California? I'm like, because <laughs> they're not getting anything for the money they spend. I'll just add this in passing: most Americans, they, uh, let's be honest, we're all busy. I think if you care about your fellow Americans, you want everybody to be happy, everybody to be a, have a shot at the American dream. And everybody, you know, needs to mind their own business on a, on most of these other issues. Period. End of sentence. But anyway, thank you, Doug. Appreciate it. All the best to you. All right, that's going to wrap things uh, up for today. All right. Lindsey Graham, who ran the Amy Coney Barrett hearing today. Also, Jonathan Turley has been phenomenal on this. Uh, Newt Gingrich, Ari Fleischer. Uh, Trump has a rally tonight in Sanford, Florida. We'll dip in and out of that. We'll have Lawrence Jones on the ground and much, much more. Set your DVR, 9 Eastern, Hannity, best election coverage on television and radio. Thanks for being with us. See you back here tomorrow, 21 days till you are the ultimate jury.